This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker. Very happy to have you here, my friend. A review of Norwegian Epic this week. It's going to be a seven-night Mediterranean cruise out of Rome. Francine and her mother did it, and she talks all about the experience of what it was like eating on board and off board. A lot of good food over there in Rome. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. And don't forget, Cruise Radio News, Monday through Friday. Just find it where you listen to your favorite podcast or YouTube doing the whole video thing right now, or at least testing it out and seeing how I, uh, how much I can do it without screwing it up. That's on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hello, Doug. So earlier this week was National Pizza Day, and Carnival took the time to uh, detail a little more about the upcoming Mardi Gras. Timing is everything, and on National Pizza Day, Carnival revealed more details about the new Mardi Gras and the newest of six theme zones. This one's called La Piazza. And this Italian-themed zone will have a larger Pizzeria del Capitano than the other ships. Also located in La Piazza will be the new Piazza Panini for all sorts of panini sandwiches. And there's going to be another new feature called Bar Della Rosa. It's a wine and Prosecco bar. La Piazza will also be the home for Carnival's signature specialty restaurant, Cucina del Capitano. And Mardi Gras is still expected to debut in Port Canaveral on May 29th of this year. I cannot wait, although I won't be down there with my drone because like the Florida Wildlife Game Commission told me, you get caught flying your drone above the ship, you're going to be trespassed from the port and can never step back on property. If you try to come on property and get caught, you're going to jail. So no more drones for me down at Port Canaveral. And speaking of Carnival Cruise Line, they had to walk back some return to cruise protocols that they published late last week. Yeah, so last weekend, Carnival posted on its website information dealing with health and safety protocols under CDC guidelines that the cruise line would implement when sailing began. Some of the topics mentioned on their website suggested that certain areas of the ships would need to operate at reduced capacity. Plus, there was the possibility that reservations might be necessary in order to access, you know, the very crowded public spaces like the casinos, gyms, restaurants, and the main theater, show lounge, and places like that. But then a few days later, Carnival had to retract its statement and said that the posted information had not quite been finalized. The spokesperson did confirm that guests should expect, however, to wear masks, have COVID testing, follow social distancing, and other safety and health protocols that will be implemented. And this next one is a little bit interesting. Mexico is telling some cruise lines, hey, come sail from here. That's right. So the island of Cozumel in the Caribbean Sea off the coast of Mexico is trying to attract European cruise lines to visit and even home port their ships. Cozumel is a really popular destination and it's known for its scuba and snorkeling. Plus, it's a short ferry boat ride from there over to the Mexican mainland at Playa del Carmen. And that's where people leave for tours to the Mayan ruins. However, without cruise tourism from Florida and other U.S. ports, the Mexican government and port authorities say they need to promote cruise tourism from across the other side of the Atlantic. So in 2019, Cozumel experienced a record-breaking year for the small island with nearly 1.5 million cruise passengers visiting Cozumel, and they arrived aboard 403 cruise ships. 
It will be at least until May that cruise ships could depart from the U.S. as the cruise industry attempts to fulfill, of course, the CDC requirements to resume cruising. So without U.S. ships there, Cozumel is hurting for tourism. And you know what? Flying into Cozumel, not bad. Like as long as you fly from Miami or uh, Dallas, straight shot. I've done it a couple of times from both uh, places when I've done uh, got on or off a ship in Cozumel for work. So it's not a not a bad idea. They definitely have the infrastructure in a beautiful airport down there too in Cozumel. So it doesn't look pretty for Alaska's 2021 cruise season unless something is changed very quickly. That's right. So Canada announced an extension on their cruise ship ban, and this will run through February of 2022. Not only does this cancel the existing Alaska cruise season for ships with over 100 passengers and crew, it also affects Canada and New England cruises. So Alaska officials have already reached out to the Canadian and U.S. governments to try and find a workaround solution. And one of these ideas is to cancel the Passenger Vessel Services Act. And if you're wondering what that is, the Passenger Vessel Services Act prohibits transporting passengers between two different U.S. ports aboard any ship that's not a U.S. flagged vessel. However, foreign flagships are allowed to transport passengers between U.S. ports as long as the ship stops at a foreign port before allowing passengers to disembark at the U.S. port. So for Alaska cruises, this requirement is met with a stop at usually Victoria or Vancouver, British Columbia, and then over on the East Coast for the Canada and New England cruises, the perfunctory stop might be St. John's in New Brunswick or Halifax, Nova Scotia. Now, included in this mandate from Canada, there's a little bit of wiggle room, and it gives the Canadian Minister of Transport the choice to rescind this interim order if, for some reason, the pandemic health crisis dissipates. All of this has taught all of us, well, for one, a lot of us have taken travel for granted all this time. I mean, Sherry, when I saw you up in Sitka in August of 2019 on an Alaska cruise, I had plans to go again next year in 2020 and this year as well. Um, Of course, last year didn't happen, but you never know. Like, Who would have thought when we were up there in Sitka drinking beer and eating crab legs at that uh, Alaska hotel, whatever it was called, the Sitka Hotel, that it would be my last time there for a while. Yeah, no one knew. You know, the only thing you can do right now is, you know, well, not in the winter, but the ferry boat, but you still have to fly up there. And, you know, as far as that goes, uh, Alaskan Dream Cruises and Uncruise and a couple of others are still trying to have some kind of a a summer Alaska cruise season, but it's basically in victory too, I think Mm -hmm. in and out of Sitka or in and out of Juneau. And they're also working, you know, it's interesting because they are working with the big ship cruise lines to get around this passenger vessel services act. So everyone's trying to get the Alaska season back on track because the economy is really hurting without that. The cruise industry might be shut down, but Viking has started construction on yet another ship. You gotta love this. So at the shipyard in Italy last week, Viking celebrated as the keel was laid for their eighth ocean ship, Viking Mars. Viking Mars's sister ship to the seven previous ocean-going vessels. Like the others, it'll accommodate up to 930 passengers and 465 staterooms. And the weight of the ship will be the same as the others, about 47,800 gross tons. Viking plans a 2022 delivery for Viking Mars and their seventh ocean ship, Viking Venus, is still on track to enter service later this year. 
Listener question comes from Mike. You can email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Mike said, I'm curious about this whole Titanic 2 cruise ship. Was wondering if this is actually for real. Well, hi, Mike. And yes, it is, or I should say almost it was for real. So back in 2013, Australian billionaire Clive Palmer, he also owns Blue Star Line, he announced his intention to build Titanic 2 to the same specifications, almost a little bit wider, but basically the same as the original Titanic. They had the shipyard chosen. They had other details were all worked out. But it turned out that obtaining permits and the ensuing financial disputes sort of put that on hold for a while. They had to scratch the entire idea. But I was doing some research on it. And um, last July, so that would be uh, July 2020, News reports said that building the Titanic 2 was back on track and they are looking at a 2022 launch. So I tried to find information that said that that was false, but that's pretty recent. That's only, what, six months, six, seven months ago. So there's not a lot of info out there. You can Google it, you know, every which way you want and you come up with the same information. So, yes, Mike, there was a Titanic 2 in the works. And for all we know, it might actually happen. Even if they just put it like they do, uh, like they have with Queen Mary uh, in Long Beach, like yeah. just make it a hotel. Like you don't have to even sail the thing. I think it would just be from a history standpoint, you would have a lot of people just wanting to spend a night on it. And you know, the damn thing isn't going to sink sitting there at the pier, or at least we hope not. So um, yeah, even if it's just, you know, not a cruise, but a replica docked at some port, New York City or something. It'd be kind of cool. Maybe the original berth that the ship was supposed to dock in, you know? Well, that could be. Yeah, there's a lot you can do that would be a whole lot less expensive than making an actual functioning ocean liner. But, um, yeah, I think it would be cool to be a hotel also. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's his plan. I don't know much about Blue Star Line other than it sounds a little bit too much like White Star Line. Um, (laughs) And we'll just have to see. Would you go on it? 100%. I would sail on it. And I would definitely stay dockside on it. Maybe it won't be as haunted as the Queen Mary. You know, I, I don't know. You can cut this out if you want. But, you know, I did the article on it when we visited Queen Mary in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And I posted, I think, I don't know if I told you, I posted like, I don't know, 15, 18 photos that I took when we were exploring the ship. And every one of the images, I went back like a week later to look at the article. The images were all broken. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> so, I thought, I don't know. And I, you know, I sort of looked around thinking, do I really want to try posting these again? And, you know, (laughs) so I just left it alone. There was one part of that ship I really wanted to go into, but couldn't. Uh, They wouldn't let any of us go in there. Remember where the pool was located? Yeah. Where, yeah. And they were chipping, what was it, the, when it was, they were using it to haul troops and the troops were chipping away. At the tiles. Yeah. A lot of history there. I did get a picture, I don't know if it's still there, of the woman in white. Mm-hmm. Remember I showed yeah. you the looked like a silhouette of a woman standing by one of the pillars? Yeah, it's weird. We're, uh, it was very strange. We've gone down a whole rabbit hole here. Maybe we'll have to do one episode <laughs> on the, uh, the review of it. That would be a, That would be fun. Yeah, that, would be, that would be a Halloween episode, right? Yeah, there we go. Unless we need content before then, then we'll do it before. But we've been talking with Sherry Laskin (laughs) from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Doug. Have a good weekend, too. Bye-bye. 
You have questions. We have answers. Get the whole story on cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. A couple of weeks ago, I had Francine on the show. Actually, it's probably a few weeks ago at this point, or maybe even several. I can't even keep track. Uh, we'll just blame it on the shutdown. But uh, Francine did a review of Norwegian Epic out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. She also sailed that same ship over in the Mediterranean, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Francine. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, and welcome back to this show. So I want to talk to you about your Mediterranean cruise because ships are already starting to sail in the Med, and if people want to cruise this summer, chances are, depending on the whole vaccine thing, we might have to go to Europe before we can do a do a cruise out of the U.S. at this point. So I want to talk about Norwegian Epic. And before we get to the ship itself, as we always do, we'll take a step back. Give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this Norwegian Epic cruise in the Med? Well, this is a cruise that I wanted to go on with my mom. She had already been on a Mediterranean cruise, but she did Greece. So she did the other side of the Mediterranean. I'm really bad with geography, kind of. <laughs> no so I'm like, is that Eastern or Western so Mediterranean? So Greece would be the Eastern Med. Eastern, yes. So she had done that and she really enjoyed it. She had done that with my aunt. So I says, mom, let's see. And actually prices were right. And it was early in the cruise season, the summer season. We went in May. That's just the start of it. So that's usually when prices are more affordable for this type of cruise. And we have flying privileges with the major airline. So it's very affordable for us to get to Europe. So that was part of the plan. So you make your way from Chicago over to Rome. Did you do any pre-cruise time there? We did. We actually flew in a day early. You know, we we follow the... uh, the advice of all the cruisers, always go early. We did end up in Rome a day early. I had been to Rome just about a year before that. My daughter had studied in Florence. So I kind of got, uh, I'm one of those people, we talked about this last time, I really have to you know, investigate where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit of, and I'm really good at remembering. If I go someplace one time, I kind of remember. I get my bearings and I, I know where I'm going. So I really wanted to do the train system. And what we did was when we landed in Rome, we took the train. It's called the um, Leonardo da Vinci Express. And it goes from the airport in Rome to the train station in the heart of Rome. So I wanted to book a hotel that was walking distance. So I kind of did a Google Maps and the street views. And I I found a hotel and the price was right. And I kind of mapped it out on like where I would go, how to get there, just rolling my suitcase. So that's what we did. It was a really nice hotel. 
We were tired when we first got there, of course, because of the jet lag, took a little nap and then started exploring Rome by foot. We really didn't take any tours because, like I said, I had been there the year before. My mom has been there many times. So we just kind of enjoyed the surroundings where we were, a little restaurant. We actually went to the train station. They had a really cool market almost like Italy. Italy's here in Chicago. I think there's one in New York and I think there's one in Vegas, but it's kind of uh, really cool, like Italian dining, all different little kiosks where you can pick up different foods. We enjoyed that. And then just sightseed at some of the churches and parks. Your mom must be a real trooper because my mom or dad <laughs> would not be lugging luggage around Rome, taking trains. And uh, yeah, you have an adventurous mom. I'll tell you that much. Well, that's because I have a dad. My adventurous dad <laughs> used to drag her all kinds of places. So I think I learned it from him okay. and she enjoys it. So, you know what? Like I said, this cruise was a couple years ago. She's slowing down a little bit. I don't know if I could get her to do something like that again, but I really made it easy for her. Like I said, the hotel we stayed at was only a couple blocks mm -hmm. from the train station and she's frugal. She likes to save money instead of taking a cab. That's what we did. Okay, fair enough. You make your way to the cruise port. Did you do a cruise line transfer or how did you get there? We took the train. Oh, cool. So, yep, we walked back to the train station the morning of the cruise, hopped on the train to Chivita Vecchia. And this is a funny story because when we travel very light because we're, you know, SAs, standbys. So a rolly bag is basically and a personal bag is basically all we bring. So we hopped on the train. We had our luggage. And this poor man was running to the train. He almost missed it. And he was throwing on these big suitcases and he gets on board and he's all out of breath. And he's like, oh, we're going to the cruise. You know, we're going on a cruise. And we ended up going on this. We were going on the same cruise, obviously. And we talked to him the train ride. And as we were getting off at the port, he looks at it. He goes, where's your luggage? Did you send your luggage earlier? We're like, no, this is how we travel. And he looked at his wife. He goes, I married the wrong woman. <laughs> so it was kind of cute. But yeah, we took the train to the port. So. so how far then once you get to the cruise port, like, is it walkable to the terminal? No, it wasn't. We ended up hiring a taxi cab driver. There was supposed to be a bus and we had bought a ticket for the bus and then the bus never came. So it was a little bit of confusion there. My mom speaks fluent Italian. So that really helped us with the cab driver because at first he was mm -hmm. a little rude. Sometimes Italians are known to be like that. He's a little rude to us. But then my mother asked him a question in Italian. She was in the back seat and I was in the front seat. He looked over at me, goes, she speaks Italian. And I said, I know it's my mother. You know? <laughs> and then he took us all the way. He took us as far as he could, as close to the ship as possible to get, you know, to get our luggage out and get us in line. And so that was really nice. And you so. make your way to the cruise terminal. How was embarkation there? It was very easy because we got on in Rome so this cruise was you could get on in Barcelona or you can get on in Rome. So getting on in Rome made it much easier because we avoided all the crowds because most people got on in Barcelona. Okay, so you're on board Norwegian Epic. You chose to embark in Rome instead of Barcelona. Any differences there aside from the uh, geographical location? Well, like I had said, it was easier for us to get on because we weren't with the crowd. But the one thing that we did find annoying was that the freestyle daily 
was for Barcelona. Mm. So when we, our first one, when we got into our room was like, it showed like day five of the cruise. We're like, wait a second, we're, this is our first day. So that was just, we were, that kind of confused us a little. We found it annoying only because you, you would think they could have changed it up for the people that came on in Rome, but yeah, you would you would think that. Interesting. I actually wrote a letter to NCL to let him know that. I never got a response, but <laughs> <laughs> So you make your way to your stateroom. This was you and your mom's cruise. So for two people with two separate beds, uh, how was the room and what kind of room did you book? We booked a guaranteed inside stateroom. So we didn't really know where our stateroom was until close to cruise time. And I remember it was the 13th floor for this cruise only because we were right near the bridge viewing room. So that's how like we kind of knew where we were going. It was an inside room. They had separated the beds for us. It was very comfy cozy. Again, so many people complained because of the situation with the bathroom. We had no trouble. They have that nice curtain. We made it as private as we could. And we had no problem. It was very cozy very and dark. Good. So let's talk about the dining experience on this one. Now, the last time we spoke about Norwegian Epic, uh, your last cruise, that is, you did a lot of specialty dining. But with your mom, I understand it was strictly just like the main dining room in the buffet area. So let's start in the main dining room. Um, how was your experience in there? And did you all eat at the same time every night? You know what? We didn't. It's freestyle. You don't have to make reservations. And they have two, I would call them two main dining rooms, the Manhattan and Taste. So we wanted variety. So we would go to one one night, one the other. They had the delicious Shanghai's, the Asian restaurant, and we would do the buffet. So we just kind of like made variety for us. But every experience we had was wonderful. My mom's a wine drinker. They allow you to bring on wine, two bottles from the port that you're in, and you just had to pay the corkage fee. So that's what we did. We really didn't finish a bottle in a night. I would have a glass, you would have a glass, and then we would just bring the bottle back to our, our room and then bring it with us the next night. So that's what we did. As far as the food goes in the buffet and in the main dining room, would you say as far as consistency and the type of food that was offered, was it the same as sailing Norwegian in the Caribbean? I want to say yes. I'm sure they've, you know, since it's been three years, they've probably updated, but consistent. It was delicious both times. I really, I can't complain about the food at all. I just had such a wonderful experience. I think their chef's are just and their staff is outstanding. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I'm kind of a food snob too. So I really enjoyed it both times. As far as entertainment on this seven night cruise, I know your last cruise on Epic, you were uh, you were going balls to the wall. Let's call it what it is, but uh, a little more <laughs> sedated with mom on board. With mom, we did the casino every night okay. and we did book the shows. So I did make sure that we had reservations for all the shows on board. Well, the free shows. We didn't do any of the extra paid shows like the Cirque show and the dining. Like there was like a dinner theater show. We didn't do any of that. We just went to saw the free shows and we enjoyed them. We actually met one of the performers when we were in Barcelona. He ended up being on the bus with us mm -hmm. and we didn't know. We just started talking to him and he was in Priscilla of the Desert and he told us which character he played so that we cuz we were going to the show that night mm -hmm. and he was in the show so he told us which character he was, which was kind of cool. Yeah, it's always cool when you get to to speak with an actor or, you know, someone on Broadway or wherever and like see how they can really turn it on and dial it up to 11 when they get on stage. 
Yeah, and it was cute because there's a lot of drag queens mm-hmm. <laughs> in the show. He goes, I think I'm the only one not in drag, oh. so you'll find me for sure. <laughs> so that, that's great. Now, it was kind of cute. You mentioned you were in the casino quite a bit. How was the smoke situation in there? I don't think there was a problem at all. I think I told you last time her and I like to frequent the casinos, my mom and I, mm-hmm. so we're kind of used to the smoke, but we didn't find it bad at all. Very good. Well, let's talk about the sea days on board Epic. Now, one thing about these uh, Mediterranean itineraries is they're super port intensive. So the one sea day you did have, how was it? That was very relaxing because unlike the Caribbean cruise that we took, the sea day was the first day on board, which to me was kind of, you know, I was disappointed in that because I like, like you said, it's so port intensive that you wanted a break. We needed this break for this cruise because we did go out into every port. We did do a lot of sightseeing and a lot of walking. So the sea day for um, the Mediterranean cruise was just before, like two days before the end of the cruise. So it was just before we went to Naples, back to Italy. And it was really cool because we were having lunch in the garden buffet and we were at the front of the ship where you can see the ocean in front of you. And at that point, the ship was passing in between Sardinia and um, Corsica. Mm -hmm. So it was a very narrow, I mean, not very, obviously the ship fit through it, but it was narrow. You could see land on both sides. So here's me. I had to get my map out and find out exactly where we were. Uh But I thought that was really cool because you're used to just seeing water, you know, during the day. But this was cool. We went through those two islands. Well, let's talk about your ports of call on this seven-night cruise. So what we'll do here is give us the port of call and then give us a highlight, then go to the next one. Okay. So like I said, we started in Rome. So our first day was still in Italy, and it was Livorno. You could do Florence. You could do Pisa. You can do Cinque Terre. So Livorno is basically northern Italy. So, and, you know, Italy's not that big. So you were able to do a, a couple different cities if you wanted excursions. We chose an excursion through the ship. We chose Florence and Tuscany. So we spent the day in Florence. It was rainy and kind of cold and it was a little disappointing, but I had just been to Florence. Like I said, my daughter had studied there. So we basically were shopping. (laughs) We were shopping for jewelry and leather. (laughs) So I bought a nice purse, but on the way back, we stopped in Tuscany and we went to this castle for like wine tasting and they had little appetizers for us. The sun came out and it ended up being such a beautiful day. So it was okay because we were shopping in the rain in Florence and then we were in Tuscany with the beautiful scenery when the sun was shining. So that was a great, great experience. Okay. So then where'd you go next? Next was, I always say this wrong, but I think I'm saying it right. Cannes, France, where the film festival is. Mm -hmm. We didn't do an excursion when we got there. We just kind of walked around, did a little shopping, did a little eating. My favorite French dish is a croque monsieur. So I had to stop in a little cafe. That was the one thing that we also found different doing like a Caribbean cruise and a Mediterranean cruise. Caribbean cruise, we strictly ate on the ship. The Mediterranean cruise, I wanted to try something in every port, mm-hmm. something different. Even in, in Florence, we had a little like sandwich at a shop and we had some gelato, of course, at my favorite gelateria. So we ate more on land than we did at sea. So Cane was the same. We just, they have a beautiful port there, walked around the port. Like I said, found a little restaurant right on the street, had, a, you know, little appetizers, had a drink, and then we were back on the ship. And then you went to Minorca? Yes. We went to Mallorca, which, um, it was beautiful. 
Mallorca was maybe one of my favorite ports that we we went to. From the port, they put us in a bus and drove us to like kind of the center of town. There's a big cathedral there. I think it's called Santa Maria. And you know, just went down the little streets behind it. We didn't do an excursion again. We just kind of explored on our own. I did a little bit of research just to see like where we should go. But basically, you know, it was me and my mom. We like to shop. <laughs> so we did shopping. And of course, I had to have the pastry that they're known for there. I forgot the name of it. But it's also it's funny because if you go to Puerto Rico, which I know you've done and I've done, it's called a Mallorca in Puerto Rico the same type of pastry. So it's a little like fried dough with powdered sugar on it. It was born there, I guess, in Mallorca. So we, of course, had to stop. And my mom's like, no, I'm not really hungry. But then she ended up tasting it and eating half of my pastry, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, So that was the highlight. Like I said, the food. Loved it. Loved to try something different in every place we went. Okay, then your next port of call was Barcelona, and you mentioned this ship operates a ferry schedule over in the Med, so you can get on in Rome or in Barcelona. So when you got to Barcelona, like before you got off the ship, was it crazy with a lot of people ending their cruise there? You know what? You would think it would have been, (laughs) but I honestly don't remember it being so crazy. I think what they tried to do was let everybody off as early as possible, and then our excursion, I planned not through the cruise line again. I did it on my own. I really wanted to see the Sagarda Familia, the church. So I made a reservation because you have to make reservations to go there. I made a reservation for the afternoon because I figured it would be busy. I figured, you know, I didn't know what time we would be able to get off the ship because of that. So I did plan accordingly. We had no problem getting there. We ended up buying the hop on, hop off bus ticket that stopped at Sagarda Familia. So we made it there in time for our reservation and got to see the beautiful cathedral. So, and then coming back, getting back onto the ship, there was nobody there because people had already gotten on. All right. So you leave Barcelona, you have your day at sea, and then you're at Naples. What did you do there? Naples, we did do an excursion through NCL and it was to go to Capri, the island of Capri. I'd been there when I was a little girl and I just wanted to go back and I really wanted to see the Blue Grotto. But unfortunately, it was the water was too high. That happens a lot. If the tide is too high, you can't Mm. go through it on the little boats. So we took a cute little tour around the whole island. We ended up on the older section of the island, not in Capri, but it's called Ana Capri. And they have a really cool, they have the highest mountain there. They have a really cute little chair and it goes up the mountain and you sit by yourself. So it's not like a double seater or anything. It's like a carnival ride and you go up to the top of the mountain and then you turn around and come back. And my, my mom was a chicken, so she didn't <laughs> want to do that. So I did it by myself and it was, uh, it was beautiful to go on the top of uh, the island and just look all around you. And I loved it. So I don't know which I like better, Mallorca or Capri, (laughs) now that I'm talking about it. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think, was there a bar up there or anything when you took it? I don't think there was a bar or restaurant. You're thinking of St. Thomas, (laughs) where there's a bar right there. Yeah, Yeah, it was almost the same ride. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there was some place like that, though, in the Med that I did. And I cannot place it to save my life. But it was one of those rides where you actually got out, though, at the top. But I can't remember if there was drinks or anything there. Or maybe we just got back on or took some photos and got back on and, you know, went back yeah, down again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there was, like, any sort of, like, refreshment stand. Mm-hmm. There might have been, like, something 
you know, very small, but it, like if there was a bar up there, I probably would have sat up there all day. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but just the beautiful photos of those mm-hmm. um, iconic in the middle of this Capri, all those like nice Gucci commercials <laughs> where they right. have all the beautiful people sailing around in like yeah. Capri. It's just, the site was just gorgeous. It's still one of my favorite wallpapers because I took a really cool picture up mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So yeah, oh my gosh. yeah. So you, um, did you do any pizza in Naples? We didn't go into Naples. We did do pizza on Capri at a really cute little restaurant right off of, of course, the water. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with like the limoncello in Capri because yeah. they have mm-hmm. the really those big lemons there. Mm-hmm. So we had a little limoncello when we were there because you have to have limoncello. <laughs> Very good. All right. So you make your way back to Rome. How was disembarkation? It was easy. We did book our transportation from the port to the airport just because I was a little leery about doing the train again, going from the port to the train, from the train to downtown Rome, from downtown Rome to the airport. I wanted to make sure that we were at the airport in time for our flight. So we did buy the transportation through NCL. It was a little expensive, of course, than we could have gotten it if we just got off the ship and said, hey, we need a ride to the airport. But we got there with no problems. It was very pleasant. Nice motor coach. Okay. Yeah. About how long of a drive is that from the the cruise port to the airport in Rome? You know what? It's a good hour. I, you know, I'm kind of guessing at this, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing it's a good hour, if not longer. Yeah. To I go to the airport. Yeah, because I was thinking like from when I took the motor coach when I did Rome on my own from the cruise ship tour. That was about 45 to 50 minutes, I believe, from the terminal into the heart of yeah. Rome. So I think the airport's like a little outside of Rome. But yeah, makes it sense. Is. Okay, very good. Do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone either sailing the Med for the first time or Norwegian Epic? Sailing the Med, because I really had only been to Italy and Europe because that's where my family's from, I've just found it really enjoyable to go to the different countries. And then I know you only get a little glimpse of it. You get a one day glimpse, but it like gives you just like, okay, this is where I want to come back or I want to see more. The next time I go, I want to see more of it. I think a cruise, if if you're going to Europe the first time is a great way to see where you want to go the second time. So that's, that's one of my things that I liked about it. Just, you know, the food, (laughs) don't eat on the boat. (laughs) Don't buy the dining package. (laughs) (laughs) Eat in the free restaurants and eat like in the countries that you're in because there's nothing like trying the food in different places. Did you do any of the perks uh, before you cruise like the pick whatever? No, okay. no, we we didn't do any. We didn't since we had the inside stateroom, mm-hmm. we didn't get really any offers. Yeah. So we like I said, did it on our own, planned our little trips on our own. Only did, I think, like I said, I think we only did two excursions through NCL, which was Florence and Capri. So the two Italian ones. Barcelona, I planned it on my own because we really wanted to see the church. Ah, okay. Well, Mm -hmm. looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Oh, boy. I said Mallorca. I really loved Mallorca because it was a country I'd never been to before. The same with Barcelona. So Italy, I loved because it's my home. I feel it's like my home country. But just to go to Spain, those countries was just and the food was just outstanding. And the people were just so nice. And that was my my highlight, seeing a different place. Yeah, that is one thing, though, you mentioned a few moments ago is you know, taking the cruise and letting it be a sampler of, you know, where you'd like to come back to. 
And for me, like I would like to spend a little more time exploring Naples and the region around it and also going down into like Sicily some more because I could totally spend probably a week at both places. Right. That's my next. I'd like to do another Mediterranean cruise and Mm -hmm. I'd like to do Sicily because I've never been to Sicily. So that's on my bucket list. I love it. What are your final thoughts of Norwegian Epic? I love it. It's my favorite. (laughs) I haven't been on that many cruises, but it's great. It's great. I recommend when we get to cruise again, that Norwegian and the Epic will make you enjoy yourself. It'll make you feel like you're at home. Everyone will take good care of you. We've been talking with Francine about her cruise in the Mediterranean aboard Norwegian Epic. Francine, thank you so much for being on the show and stay warm up there in Chicago this winter. Thank you, Doug. During these difficult times for the travel industry, Cruise Radio stands behind the men and women who work so hard to bring our vacation dreams to life. From the captains and crew to travel agents, tour operators, Vendors and port employees, we offer a sincere thank you on behalf of the thousands of guests whose lives you impact each and every day. 